Hello and welcome to the North American Guitars Talking Guitar Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and in today's session, we catch up with the truly wonderful Mr. Isaac Jang. Isaac and I had a great chat talking about his brand new workshop that he's just moved into, how the new space is inspiring him, the importance of guitar shows, and of course, some stunning new builds that he's got coming up for the North American guitar. We really hope you enjoy this one. Have a great day. Thank you so much for stopping in to the old uh, Talking Guitar podcast with Isaac Jang. Of course. Awesome to see you. <laughs> I know. It's, um, these have been so much fun. I mean, uh, we have, I'm showing recap now, who we've uh, spoken with. We've spoken with Grit. We've spoken with Jason. We've spoken with Rosie. We've spoken with Rye. We've spoken with Tom. And now we're speaking with you. Woo-wee. Yes. <laughs> How have you been? How's, uh, how's, tell me just briefly how lockdown's been and, and how life has been treating you. Well, it's been very busy. What's been happening is, well, I'm in a new shop now. I know, I can't wait to talk about that. And of course, um, after I signed the lease, two weeks later, the stay in shelter order broke out for the coronavirus. That was, um, like, that happened in April, right? So I signed a lease for this new spot uh, in March. Yeah. And, um, but since I'm on one man operation, uh, I was able to just move forward and get the, you know, shop setting up. Yeah. Up and running. But of course, you know, every time I go to Home Depot, I have to wait in line for about half an hour just to get in another half an hour to get out. But, you know, other than some of those delays, um, I've been, um, yeah, it's been really nice. So I got to show it to you later. Once we're done with this podcast. I know, I can't wait, I can't wait. And then I I guess that in a weird way, the the whole kind of COVID-19 has been, um, for for the majority of the Luthiers I've spoken with, um, it's been a time to sort of take stock, reflect, and to get get their heads down. You know, Jason summed it up perfectly when he said that, you know, he's so lucky, like yourself, that been able to continue to go to work and stuff. Um, obviously, his workshop is in his house, but um, you're not getting that sort of barrage of emails necessarily, and so you're able to really concentrate on, uh, well, for you, not necessarily having to build, but set up the new shop and get ready so that when we come out of this, it's going to be all guns blazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been very grateful to be in this position to be able to um, do what I do, and uh, and of course, it, there's always an up and downs in our career as a guitar maker. But um, so far, I've been uh, just making a slow and steady type of uh, path and uh, try to keep my nose down and just keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I've been planning for this uh, move, uh, particularly uh, for, you know, a few months. And I was actually planning to do this right after NAN. And of course, I needed to plan things out, so it, it has some delays, um, and of course, with all the spring shows being canceled, uh, right from Sound Massey, the Holy Grail Guitar Show, and the LaConnor, um, I decided maybe I could use that downtime uh, to set up a new shop, and so that I could uh, continue to refine my guitars in a in a new environment, and you know, just continue to build. Um, Good, you know, really good guitars is my goal. So uh, I've been trying to make all my clients happy. So you are, I, I guarantee you always, you always make your <laughs> clients happy, man. And that's one thing I can say. Um, I get so many, uh, so many emails about your guitars. It's crazy. It really Aww. is. Um, Thank you. But and also, I guess that you know, I was you know reflecting on talking with Tom Sands the other day. Is you know, I think because a lot of the a lot of luthiers work in isolation. They work on their own. Having a new space or having something that is, you know, whether it's a new material or, um, you know, Tom has shown me some crazy new materials that he's just got in. He's so excited about them. But for yourself, like working in a new environment, that's going to be super inspiring for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a certain uh, the liberation that I feel now. You know, there's a certain phase where I felt, okay, my old shop in Hollywood gave me a lot of inspiration for what it was there for. And of course, with the new space, there is uh, also different types of inspirations that kind of brings me into a 
call like a new phase um, uh, or next phase in my career. And mm -hmm. that gives me uh, sort of a different sense of creativity. Mm -hmm. And that there's a certain freedom that I also feel that I uh, didn't feel from Hollywood shop. Right. Um, which is interesting. I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, good or bad. I think it just kind of moves, move, moved me on to a, just a different thought process, um, different, uh, you know, ideas that pop up. Mm. So uh, I think it's a good um, evolution of things. I mean, that shop you had in Hollywood, I was lucky enough to uh, come and visit you. It was, I think it was 2000 and I want to say 2018. Because I think, yeah, I think it was when it was just after the Pam show, and I did, and I had my my wife and my my little daughter with me, and we I met know. we met up with, we met up with Adam Miller. I know, and uh, we played some guitars together, and you showed me around the space, and I remember getting to that space for the first time, having been such a fan of your work for so many years, um, and having met you a number of times, and uh, becoming great friends that. When I saw your workspace, I was like, this has got to be the most organized space I've ever been in. Like you utilized every single centimeter within that workspace to create just such, you know, masterful instruments. And, and how, I just loved how everything um, was just so well-placed and that was so, you know, had like an organic feel to it, but everything was really structured. And, uh, and obviously your processes, you'd really, you'd refine that, you'd refine that space to be as productive as you possibly could. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking notice of that. I mean, I tried, um, I try to keep things more organized in a way that um, I could sort of organically reach my arm and just sort of have a feel for it. And that was one of those things that I learned from my old repair shop is having everything within my reach uh, for what I do. And of course, um, you know, that really kind of got me to think um, to, in order to continue to do good work, I needed to know where things are instead of trying to spend three hours looking for my Allermans <laughs> or, you know, piece of screw that just kind of just dropped on, on the floor. So I, I needed to stay somewhat organized to kind of keep my sanity and also uh, just continue to uh, provide as clean work as possible. So I, I put an active effort into uh, doing that and I continue to plan to do so, which um, it makes me do more exercise in this new shop because now I have to walk around a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, that was going to be my next question to you. Um, so, so obviously the, the new space is bigger. Am I right thinking that? Yeah, it's uh, it's about six and a half times bigger than my old shop. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure you've got make sure you've got your uh, your steps on your phone or your or if you've got an iWatch so that you know how far you're walking around the new space. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the and, and the old again, I just want to touch back to the to the old workspace because it has such a lovely feel to it, and I think that that. You know, we see, I love it when you see like someone like Ted Astrand, for example, and he's sharing his space in Sweden, how beautiful and crisp and clean everything looks and how organized everything is. And I guess as much of, of the, 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 the productivity and how organized you have to be, the environment has to be inspiring because like I said, you're working on your own. So when you go there every day, you need to you know, be truly inspired to think about what the customer wants and what you're going to try to portray with this instrument. Um, and to, to, to take that from one space to another, I guess that's going to be a bit of a challenge for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, Ted's shop is one of my biggest inspirations. I'm like, yes. looking at his shop, I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. I, I, I demanded a, that he send me a, a printed picture uh, to me so I could have it in my shop. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> But yeah, but like you said, the uh, the shop itself has a lot of inspirations uh, to builders, I believe, mm -hmm. to their um, sort of amount, mental health and also for the, the work that it translates into. Mm -hmm. And I've been very um, thankful that I, I was at my Hollywood shop, uh, sort of a little bit crazy, but you know, it, it's been in a really cool sort of that there's a water fountain type of vibe <laughs> that going on there. Yeah, and, and now I'm in the second floor 
that I'm actually looking over the Angeles forest. Okay. So I can actually have that sort of 180 window uh, view from my shop. Oh, wow. And, um, so hopefully that'll kind of bring some different types of inspirations in my work and uh, help me continue, um, you know, be, be a happy sort of a bring that, bring delivering the happiness type of business, you know. Well, you're, you're, you're one thing you always do, mate, is you always bring the happiness. You doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter whether it's a NAM show and you've got a whole like crowd of people around your table, you're always so, um, you know, happy and you know, you've got all these people wanting to play and touch your guitars because they haven't played or touched one yet and they're coming up to you and you're so polite and yeah, of course you can. And, um, and that's actually quite a challenge, isn't it, with the, with the NAM shows, you, you want to be accommodating to everybody. But yeah, I remember when we were doing our interview, we were mid talking and this guy just out of nowhere just walks up and just like grabs uh, a Brazilian rosewood, you know, that, that beautiful SJ that you just sort of launched and you were like, wait one second please sir. Um, but you know, that kind of brings us onto the shows nicely. Um, so it's just such a shame that, that uh, the Holy Grail show was, was canceled because obviously you were gonna exhibit at that and you probably I'd love to know what you were gonna uh, exhibit at the show um, but also you were gonna come and visit us you were gonna come here oh no <laughs> oh man that would have been a big highlight of the show I mean just for my it's a good excuse to, uh, for me to go to the Europe uh, just kind of you know get out of uh, hometown and then just come and visit and that was gonna be a big part of uh, my trip to Holy Grail is to visit TNAC mm -hmm. and uh, of course we'll uh, We'll save it for next time. We'll um, save it for another time, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. But yeah, I, I was, uh, so wrapping up uh, a guitar for Holy Grail, but I didn't get to finish it, uh, of course, with all the shop move happening in that. Um, I wanted to make sure that I stay focused on the shop and then move on to the uh, guitars so that I don't have to um, sort of break down my focus one to the other. Uh, but let me see. I have it with me, actually. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hello. Look at that space. Wow. I feel bad the fact that I'm I'm sort of super excited about the the space and nobody can see it. But so this is oh, look at the that. part that I'm working on. It's an OM. Yeah. With a tree mahogany. Oh, that is that is outrageous with uh yeah my uchida style band away i love and this that. time i've incorporated an elevated rosette that's made out of the tree mahogany oh yeah so oh, that must have been challenging that must have i'd love to know how you went about the elevated rosette because that hey that yeah. looks beautiful thank how you how did but you go about that uh it it's I've, I've seen it from different builders um i think claudio pagelli has done mm. Um, I know Tom Rebecca has on, uh, it's, I just made a, uh, here, uh, I'm going to show it to you. I can actually pull this out right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can see a little step. Yeah. And then I made a size of a sound hole that just pops right in. <laughs> and of course, this will be glued in place after the guitars uh, got a finish on it, but this is uh, basically where it's at now. And uh, what's it been like working with the tree? Because that that isn't your first tree instrument, is it? This is my first. It is your first. Because mm -hmm. oh, I was um, looking back, I was looking back through your Instagram, and I saw I saw a photo. So that was that guitar then. Yes, so this is the tree mahogany. Um, the other one that has a quality mahogany is from the other tree. <laughs> ah, okay. So what was that? Was that Sapelli or is that the fallen giant? It's actually in Honduran mahogany, but it's not from the tree. It's right. a highly quilted um, mahogany, but the color of it doesn't. It, to me, it it's not um it's not the tree. So I I can tell. But working with this tree. Uh, the tree mahogany has been a really interesting uh, discovery for me. Uh, just by looking at the figures, you would think it wouldn't have as much of that, that tone, 
tonal advantage, but when I tap on it, to me, it felt like mahogany on steroid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it just sounds so good. Oh man, that, yeah, that is just incredible. That, and also just aesthetically, it's always just so beautiful. I mean, Leo has built, uh, he, well, he did build a stunning tree mahogany uh, MD for us, which, which just blew my mind. Um, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to bring in some crazy instruments from, you know, luthiers all over the world in the tree, you know, whether it be, you know, Leo or Jason or Kasimi, whoever, have just brought in some absolutely astonishing uh, instruments in the tree. And a lot of people say that. They say that it's got everything that you want from mahogany. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got all the warmth and the depth, but yet there's this sort of ringingness to it that is almost like a, just a complete surprise. Yes. So I can imagine, I can imagine for you, uh, that must have been a real joy to be working with that for the first time. Oh man, it's, it's, a, it's a big treat for me to just work on it. Uh, just. Looking at it, it gives me the joy every time I'm looking at it. Oh, this is inspiring. I just keep working on this thing. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, I've been very uh, thankful for that. You've got, you've, you're, you're, um, you've always got an amazing selection of woods. Like I, I, we, we've been lucky enough to uh, have, all, have a, a number of orders that we've got in the pipeline for customers. And um, I love nothing more than sending you an email saying, hey, can you take a couple of photos for me of whether it's a Brazilian set or, or Coca-Bolo set or whatever. And um, when you send them through, they are just unbelievable. So are you, are you um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, are you, obviously you're, you want the tonal characteristics. That's the, that's the most sound, obviously, and tone is the most important thing. But for you, are you trying to, almost get like a, a theme running through your instruments for how they aesthetically look, because a lot of the sets of wood that you choose to work with um, have got such an amazing figure to them. Is that, is that an accident or is that something that you consciously do when you're, you're picking? It's, uh, I, I guess, working in this uh, sort of a high-end guitars, I think we all get spoiled. Uh, so I cherry pick a lot of my wood and because I know this is every single one of them that I build is one off of a guitar for a client, um, I always like to choose, uh, you know, what what seems best to me and for the instrument. Mm. So uh, that's one of the advantages as a guitar maker is I'm okay with paying premium for a set of wood uh, as long as they are superior uh, in tonality and also in sort of the appearance of the wood. So I try to convince my uh, all my suppliers say, "Hey, please give me the send me the send me the good stuff." Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely a running theme. Everybody's saying, "Just as long as you send me the good stuff, that's that's all I need is the good stuff." Yes, yeah, because the material cost is in you know, a one part of the guitar building, but the time that goes into it is what really makes it um, uh, the worth it. So if I'm spending, say thousand versus two thousand uh, if I'm gonna spend another two three hundred hours onto it I would rather spend highest quality as possible at my capacity uh, to work on them so you know in the end uh, the results are just you know there's there has not there uh, we don't have to have a chance um, to just have something mediocre or okay yeah you know, I, I like to have you know what is yeah best available yeah, you want to mitigate that any any um, any fears or, or anything down the line where the, it, the set isn't living up to the expectation that a your client will have, and also how you have in your mind what you want it to deliver tonally as well as how it looks. Yeah, and it, it's a quality problem. I gotta say because I get spoiled and a lot of you know environmental. <laughs> uh, you know, people might be like, hey, Isaac, you know, it's, it's a tree. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> just accept everything. And I do, uh, at, at the same time, I just like to cherry pick what I uh, work with. So, um, you know. I, you and that's know, great. As, and that's how, that's, how it, that's how it should be. So do you, when you, um, obviously you're so, you're so booked out, you've got 
in, you're incredibly busy. Um, it's been amazing to have, um, and I know that we've been working with each other since, we started working with each other since 2018. So only a couple of years, but it's amazing how in that period of time, you just, your brand and, and the quality of your work is, is truly exceptional. And the demand is, is, is just there all the time. Do you ever, um, do you ever want to, do you ever try to allocate any spec guitars? Cause I know that when we've been to shows before, you're so busy that you're exhibiting guitars that are going off to clients. Um, and it's the same with Jason. I mean, the, the amount of times I've gone to shows with Jason, Jason's just like, these are all sold, you know, I'm, I'm doing the show because I want to see my friends and I want to, um, you know, exhibit my work. But do you ever get, you know, through, through your build queue, do you ever think to yourself, I just want to build a guitar for myself and I want to have a little bit of freedom on that? Mm. Uh, I've been trying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a tendency to, um, uh, I guess, overcommit myself to doing so. Yeah. So um, it's as much as I've been wanting to uh, just come up with a spec guitar, I, so I just have not been able to yet. Um, and I have dealers like you and other dealers who are also asking to uh, pre, uh, re, you know, reserve the guitars from the show. So by the time yeah. I start or halfway through, the guitars are, <laughs> um, they get reserved. So uh, I think uh, that's my goal. I just have not been able to do that yet. And but for me, going to the show is uh, it has a different. I have a different take on shows. It's not really just about selling uh, an instrument that I build uh, at the table. For me, it's more about allowing that experience uh, on the guitar because guitar is just more than a picture that you look or it's more than just a video clip that you see of a sound of it's actually a completely different experience where you get to touch it you get to see it in person see exact feel of it there's a certain patina that you see uh, in person that you don't see it from pictures um, and then of course holding it playing it how that really connects with player I think that's a really really uh, important uh, experience uh, for a player and that's uh, one of the big reasons why I come to shows to um, let potential clients or just odd, you know, people who, you know, follow my work uh, you know, to experience that. Um, and of course, by doing so, it continues to um, just help uh, grow my guitars as a brand and you know, more awareness uh, mm -hmm. of, of what they are. Um, and I and then I just recharge from the show. I mean, all the people that I encounter, I think you know, just like you, you, I feel that I feel recharged every time I see people at the show and just talking to them. And of course, it can it, it, some big shows like Nam Show gets uh, draining time to time just because there's a lot of you know high energy. But I still, at the end of the day, I feel like ooh, this is what I'm, you know, what brings me joy and. Uh, so that's you know big reasons why I do shows is to do that and allow that experience and also just have that type of recharging in my um, you know work because you know in solitude you spend so much time alone uh, that you're like oh you know I'm starting to lose a little bit of the meaning of what I'm doing here you know you're just so focused on it and then yeah. once you look out the window and see what other people are kind of you know complimenting about your work it just becomes a such a rewarding uh experience for myself and that needs to uh, you know translate to my work um uh, as it feeds off that um uh, uh, energy oh, I, I love that Isaac that is just that's so so beautifully put and of course again just going back to the the, the inspiration you know you're gonna you're you're, you're around your peers so you're, you're playing their instruments. They're in the same boat as you. They've been in the workshop on their own. They're excited to, you know, be seeing people and having people play their guitars. And, and of course, you get, a, you get a chance to play their guitars and to appreciate, you know, their craftsmanship. Mm. Uh, and I think that, that is a, that's a beautiful thing about this, you know, community and part of the guitar world is that there's so much sharing 
between luthiers, you know, uh, you know, and uh, admiration between each other. Um, but when you, yeah, when you, I can, I can totally understand that, you know, you're, you're working so much on your own that when you are at a show, okay, man, there's a lot of energy, like you say, <laughs> from the moment go. Um, but yeah, it must be, uh, it must be awesome to, you know, to see what people have been working on, whether you've seen them in a via social media or, um, you know, through their websites and then see them in person and hold their instruments as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, that's a big part of it. And then of course, seeing you come and then I was like, oh yes, I feel <laughs> <all> the energy. <laughs> all right. Um, and, you, and also, you know, you've, you've, you've got so many um, great players that are just huge fans of your instruments. You know, Adam Miller, who, you know, it's just such a, I mean, one amazing, amazing human being that guy is and, and an astonishing, astonishing player. Um, and uh, do, is there anybody who you, you know, you would, aside from, you know, the, the, the regular guys that we know of, um, is there anybody that you would love, dearly love to get your hands, get the, your, your guitar in their hands? You know, I've been uh, trying to get in uh, uh, hands of uh, Sung Jung. He's a Korean player. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a YouTube star. So hopefully one of these days I'm gonna be like, hey, son, you gotta check out my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And and so when um, when do you think that all the shop will sort of settle down? Have you have you done everything? Have you got it all completed? So it's I'm gonna say around seventy percent done. Um, I got most of my uh, equipment uh, set up, uh, and then I just have to do a few more final organization of different parts. And of course, I just gotta build guitars and then just break in and then see how the cycle goes. Uh, just because, you know, setting things up one way doesn't necessarily become that way forever. It's just continues to evolve. And for that to happen, I just need to just build guitars in the space and yeah, then let it, let it break in. So yeah. that's, yeah. That's and, that, and that'll be, that'll be I, can, I can only imagine uh, that would be, you know, we keep saying you know, that there must be a very organic process. You can't, you can't, you know, whilst when you, when you walk into a, a, an empty space, you know roughly where things are going to go. But whilst you're in the build process, you might be like, oh, that doesn't work being there. So I need to move that there and then that there so that it's going to make my flow a lot easier. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a tricky process because I'm also easily adaptable. Just working at different shops for a long time, I can adapt to uh, different settings. Uh, but now that it is my space, uh, I can I have a freedom to set things up to where I want it. That sort of puts me off even at a more of a maze. I'm like, ooh, okay, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? But uh, that's why I like to just let my uh, organic process to just kind of uh, determine oh, how things will get uh, set up. So, yeah. but it already feels quite uh, broken in already um it's already looks like it's been lived in for a little bit already <laughs> so good that's good and, yeah. and, and are you um it was other than the, the the tree instrument you just showed us um are you working on anything else have you got anything started that you're you're about to dive into yeah there uh i have another uh, om that's already in the process almost ready to be finished uh that is made out of the brazilian roadwood beautiful um and then let me see if I could pull it out. Give me oh, yeah, I, I love that. Isaac's just completely vanished. We don't know where he's gone, but um, from where I'm standing, from where I'm sitting, the shop looks absolutely incredible. Here I am. All right, let's see. Hey. All right. Oh, man. Wow. OM, Adirondack spruce top. That is gorgeous. And here's a, here's a back. Oh, wow, look at that figure. That is insane. Wow. And where are you getting your finishing done? Are you doing it yourself? I do myself. Uh, I've been using my school uh, campus facility. We have a, a spray booth uh, that has been grandfathered in from a while back. So I currently utilize uh, their spray booth uh, just because it's readily available. 
and then of course yeah and down the road i'll have to also figure out how i could um you know you know continue to work on that but so far it's been no issue using uh, the spray booth there it's been it's a it's a fantastic booth over there so yeah that. and that's and that, that again that that being able to do your own finishing that frees yourself up so much doesn't it because that is a thing that i do hear you know quite regularly is that um, those luthiers that aren't able to do their own finishing obviously you're, you're almost at the mercy of somebody else so they can be you know so <laughs> finishing you know coming out of COVID-19 I think there's a couple of finishers that are going to be very very busy basically there's a whole backlog <laughs> of, of guitars that are incoming yeah and, and you know with there's uh, with many builders that I know colleagues that um, use uh, the professional finisher and I, I think it's an amazing thing because uh, there are quite a few finishers who are just amazing I mean they it, it's also one of those things where they have to uh, sort of uh, coordinate together mm. so it, it's not just a outsourcing is how I see it it's, it's more of a partnership of Definitely. sort of yeah partner in crime type of thing where they have to understand each each builder's instrument before they apply the finish so that what the end result so by the time you do a few instruments you kind of get <clears throat> the feel for how to work together and i mean their finish work is probably way better than i am for me i can get the results but it just takes much longer time yeah because you know I, i'm still trying to you know you know, fine tune everything that I do. Whereas, you know, the finishers who work on these instruments, they could, you know, do a lot more, a lot faster and a lot cleaner. Um, and I'm just still trying to figure things out, fine tune everything. So it just takes me maybe like 10 times longer, <laughs> but I do like the, uh, the freedom of being able to um, sort of nail down what I experience. Um, mm -hmm. And my initial goal was to understand how this finished uh, process from scratch to final product uh, for my first 10 guitars. And by the time I did about 10 guitars, I got hooked. So I started to really enjoy the process. Great. And I was, I think I kind of getting to the point where I could dial in a lot of the things and, uh, and enjoy the process because that there's that moment that you get that kick when you sand and you get this sort of hazy, sort of a wet sanded look, and then you buff it out and you see that first shine out of the guitar. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a really uh, exciting feeling. And it's, it's like, you're just coming, the wood coming to life. And so there's that moment that really brings me joy uh, in the process. So um, it's, it's been a yeah, pretty fun uh, journey. And so, and that, and that in itself must be so rewarding because you're staring at that piece of wood for a long time. Yes. And in your mind, you're always thinking, "Oh, I really hope it's going to do this. I hope it's going to look like this." And then when you, you know, when you finally bring it out of a finish and you see that it pops, it must be that must be really rewarding. It, it sure is. I mean, the, even the even the moment that you take your guitar in for a sealer on the first the first time. Yeah. And and then you're like, oh my god, that thing that comes into the wood. This is like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I get chills. I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then obviously you 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 work with some um, some amazing people um, before you set up on your own. You know, Santa Cruz guitars um, and Kathy and with working with 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 such. Um, you know, iconic names um, were there. You would have done. You would have done bits of everything, right, to get to get a get a rounded um, experience on, on on the build as a whole. But were there, is there anything that you took away from those um, uh, from that time uh, that was like a real, a truly memorable moment? Yes. Um, so working, I worked at two, uh, primarily. Uh, two places, uh, first at Kathy and another at Westwood Music. Mm -hmm. And with Santa Cruz, it was more of a unique opportunity that Richard Hoover allowed me to take as, a, as an opportunity to learn more. And that was more of a later part of, uh, you know, the time 
But with Kathy, um, because I spent longer time as an apprentice, um, there's a the technical aspect that you can always uh, absorb and learn, which I think most uh, programs you can understand in about two to three years, pick up how things work. But I think working there for extensive time allowed me to see the pattern and more of a habits that Kathy uh, did in, in the shop or building process. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is that she always let organic flow of her working um, style sort of let, let it flow in. It, sometimes you can't force things. You just kind of let it sit. You just kind of let, let it just come and inspiration kick in to um, see how things work and fine tuning every single element on a guitar because it is a cumulative effect of all different components coming together instead of one main component. Yeah. So that was a, for me, that was the biggest lesson that I've learned um, and working at Westwood Music, uh, just working with so many uh, really, really awesome guitars uh, because of its iconic status as, you know, being one of the oldest uh, shops uh, in LA. Uh, I was able to work on a lot of the vintage instruments and also working with their um, owner, Fred Wallachy, who's worked with a lot of uh, sort of celebrity musicians. Uh, just, just being able to seeing how the instruments were set up, how they were um, just how they were built and just all the things that Fred uh, working with their clients, I, it just kind of got me to see all the detail, uh, attention to detail of working with clients to see the player's needs for it. Yeah. So those were some of those two main things that I learned uh, from them and working at Santa Cruz. What had happened was it, I've sort of, uh, Richard called me to help out uh, in their repair shop for about a week because they were just so backlogged with their warranty. And that was a great opportunity for me to go see and uh, how the operations worked. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that I learned from that was there's this high level of uh, accountability because it's not a, a one-man shop there's several different eyes that are looking at the one thing together. So there is like, oh, what about that? What about that? So there's all, all the de details that they were really pushing to bring up to the next level. Yeah. And that was something that is very difficult to do as a one-man shop because yeah. I could be looking at one thing and I'm just like, oh, is that good enough? Uh, I don't know. You just keep looking at it. Whereas Santa Cruz, you take it to one person. It's like, is it good enough? They're like, oh, well, you know, there's a little bit of thing you can maybe just touch it up a little bit. And that type of accountability really pushed me to think, okay, so now when I do it, I need to make sure that I look at it from different angles to see uh, how I view my work. So uh, that was probably the biggest uh, sort of uh, understanding of, of how uh, shops work and man, that was, that's been, so all these things have been a really incredible um, experience and lessons for mm. me. So, and, and, and each one there, as you, were, as you were describing them, each one was so different, which is really interesting. Um, so you, and that's, that's part of the journey for you, isn't it? You're, you're really trying to pull, um, pull that, um, those lessons and the inspiration from all the different places that you, you work. Um, and uh, the, I, I, I can imagine that accountability because that, that if you've got you know, many luthiers working within a shop, you know, you've got to be accountable for what you are delivering at that time. So that the next person along, you know, it doesn't have to be doing, touching up your work, otherwise that's going to delay, delay the sort of, you know, production flow. Uh, but then when you're on your own, um, you don't have that. So you, you have to basically, you are the accountability. You have to, you have to make sure you're getting it right, you know? And there've been times, as you were saying that I was thinking, are there times when, uh, you know, I, I've spoken, I spoke to Jason about this, you know, when you may have been met with a challenge and just thought, ah, oh, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't quite know which way is the right way to go. Then you've called up a luthier and said, I'm at this stage and I'm, I'm, I'm having this problem. 
um, and that they, they say, oh, don't worry about it, I've had that loads of times. Or, they, oh, that's interesting, I don't know, and you have to call somebody else. Have you ever had that? Uh, let's see, have I had that? It's fine if you haven't, you know, it's, it's you know, I think that it's, 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 it's kind of a, and again, it just, the thing that I loved about when I was talking with Jason, I mean, there was, there was a, um, he said that he he called on uh, he called um, James Olson uh, about mm -hmm. something. He was like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about that. I've I've, I've had that a few times, you know." And mm -hmm. then you t and talking through it and together and learning on the fly, as it were. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, I've had that a lot in the early on, especially with finish work. Yeah. Um, when I started doing uh, my first part of finish work, um, I called Santa Cruz guitar I called Adam Stark who is a amazing finisher. Yeah. Uh, I've called several people who do amazing finish work and trying to get the understanding as much as possible uh, mm. before I started. Of course, by doing so you get that sort of connect together information, experience connect together. Uh, but that's been a big help for me. Uh, mm. And then, of course, and then later down the road, there's been an, times where I'm building a uh, multi-scale guitar. Uh, so I needed some more input and insight on how to do things. So I will call my colleagues. Um, I called uh, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, hey, Leo, man, I need some help with some uh, multi-scale. I'm trying to figure things out. Is there any things that I'm not seeing uh, in terms of when I'm doing things? Is there certain things that I should be aware of when I'm doing it. And he gave me so much information on it um, to the point where he was like, hey, I'm gonna just send you my blueprint of what I built. Oh, you can take a look at it and then see from there to understand if there's anything that needed to, for me to, uh, you know, uh, just so, sort of see the whole picture before I begin to do my own drawing of my guitars. So there's been, you know, a lot of times where I would call up my colleagues and then I call Jason time to time whenever I have uh, sort of really concerns about different types of you know, building process or you know, sort of business uh, advice and Jason would just sit down and talk with me for like an hour just to kind of just walk me through everything. So it's, it's a really wonderful community uh, yeah. of, of you know, builders. Uh, and so it just kind of puts me on the right path, I feel like. Yeah, that's great. And what a lovely thing. I mean, Leo is, I mean, a such an incredible luthier and building just exceptional instruments. Um, but, but, you know, it's just such a lovely, and Jason, everybody is really, but the fact that so selfless just to say, yeah, sure, I'm going to send you my blueprint. The thing that he would have yeah. worked on, he would have worked on for hours, but because yeah. you're a friend and he wants you to deliver, you know, the best, and that's what I think is so lovely about the community is that you are, you know, there is no, um, there's no competition, you know, it's, it's your, you're doing, it's all together. You're doing, we're all doing it together as it were. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a sort of that fine line between competition or, or how Steven Strom put it as a healthy competition. Yeah. And, you know, I spend a lot of time talking with Steven as well because, you know, he is a master finisher himself. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and yeah, when he, as he gives me advice, I was like, man, you're, you're sharing this information and I really love it. And it's like, Isaac, it's like a healthy competition. You know, this is, we are all trying to do this to grow uh, together. And the, the whole guitar guild, the community of itself has grown this far. Um, in a very short span of you know, a few decades mm. because everyone shared information and we all raised a bar together so that uh, you know everyone our continued uh, our next generation would benefit from that and uh, I feel like I'm a recipient of that benefit from the earlier generation uh, of builders who sort of paved the way for many of the younger builders oh that's amazing and, and Stephen is, I mean, again, we're talking about another phenomenal guitar builder um, and, a, and a, again, a wonderful human being. Mm -hmm. I remember when I, I, I this, around the same time when I saw you and I managed to get up to, um, to Santa Cruz uh, to see Rick Turner and see Richard and see Stephen. And uh, we were laughing because we were talking about Tom when he said, 
you know, I thought I was doing something really killer here. And then, damn, Tom, you know, um, Tom Sands brings out, you know, the copper rosette. It's like, oh, no. But, you know, it's just that, it's that amazing. Uh, you, was, you were just con continuously inspiring each other, you know, all the time. Um, and uh, we, as in the, the dealers and the customers are, you know, we're lucky. I mean, every single time a guitar, doesn't matter who it is made from, uh, that comes into the shop, I try to spend, you know, a little bit of time with it on my own. Just and it really is just more of just to appreciate the the, the hours and the the love and passion that's gone into every single instrument, um, and that's um, that's something that we are, you know, it's like the best job in the world. I mean, I'm the, I'm the luckiest human being in the world. To, well, and know. and I think you're, you know, I think you might be like maybe sort of being modest about it, but what I feel is that what you're doing as as a showcasing each instrument that builders brings and i think you're doing probably some of the best uh jobs in in the <clears throat> doing showcasing inch, instrument that builders uh build uh because sometimes as a builders we know what we build but showcasing that as a sort of presenting it is necessarily our forte yeah and i think what you're doing is you're picking all the details and just kind of seeing the, the, the beauty of his instruments uh, and sh presenting it to your clients and audience audiences in a way that this is as best presentable as possible. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, a, that's an art in itself, what you're doing there. Well, the hardest thing for us is, you know, we, I've just had two like phenomenal Ted Astran AONs arrive and you know, they are so breathtaking. And they've already, obviously they're, they're for customers, they're, you know, they're custom orders. Mm -hmm. But rather than, you know, shipping direct to the customer or, you know, we, I, I always say to the customer, you know, do you, would you mind if we got the guitar in, we photograph it, we film it, we can talk about it, blog about it, podcast about it, whatever. Just because obviously, that's the core of what we do, you know, the passion, you know, knowledge. We learn from you every time we get something new in. Um, and it's a way that, you know, that guitar might not necessarily get the light um, because it's going straight to a customer. It could just go straight to a customer. And obviously the customer might put it on a forum or might talk about it, but mm -hmm. to really showcase it individually, um, I think that that's so important because, and that's, you know, part of, the reason why I guess you guys work with with the, the likes of you know us or Dream or whoever you know we, we it is about whilst it is of course about facilitating what the customer wants and and um, being able to market your brand in the best way we can you we want to make sure that every guitar even if it is a custom order and it's going straight to a to a customer we want to be able to tell the world about it and show the world about it. Yeah, a bit like going for a show, really. A bit exactly, in a similar way that you you have your you know your shows. You know, we we want to be able to. We're proud. We're so proud to represent. You know, you. Yes, um, and I feel I feel that you've created a really significant brand in itself. Like when you people think of Teenag, the brand that that has sort of that very luxurious vibe, almost <laughs> like that. That you know what I mean? Like it kind of carries that very. Uh, good presentation uh, or good representation of a lot of the builders. So when people think of Teaneck, oh wow, Teaneck's, if Teaneck carries that guitar, we, we can trust it. Oh, well, that's, oh, man, well, that's <laughs> incredible. And uh, it, that's amazing. And thank you so much for that because at the end of the day, we're nothing without you. That's the, that's the first thing. Um, but also, it, I've, you know, I don't think it sh should ever be about, you know, I, lo I love the fact that you say it's about that, that brand, you know, the, the logo of us, because, you know, that's what we want to do. We want, we want people to, from anywhere in the world to, you know, come to the site, not just necessarily to try and buy an Isaac Jang guitar, but to, to learn about Isaac Jang or to listen to Isaac Jang's instruments being played by some of the great players that are available or, you know, so more, it, almost like it's a kind of a little content hub, really, for people to learn, mm -hmm. like, and share, and 
So thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so, and so lastly, I, because I, I, I know how busy you are, and I do want to take a little tour of your workshop, which uh, would be um, would be painful for the for the for the <laughs> listener of this podcast, just me going, oh wow, that looks great. Um, we, it, you delivered a beautiful um, OM to a customer of ours called Lewis, who is a yes. great player. Uh, and so happy. I know, man. Yeah, and he he brought um, he brought the your instrument in here for uh, for a setup, uh, and he's had it for when did he deliver that? I think that was that was 2018, I think, wasn't it? 2018, the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and he said to me, that "It's the best guitar he's ever owned, and that he has literally it, it's his workhorse." He said, it, it, and I love that. I love the fact that whilst it is a you know. For some collectors and you know, their showpieces, and you want to, you know, you don't want to take them out of the case. And I absolutely respect that, and I think that, you know, that's what's wonderful um, because they should be admired. But but the fact that he's like, no, 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 this guitar, I do every. He gigs with that thing all the time. Awesome. And man, he's such a great player. But I didn't realize that he could sing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So like, I, was, I was on Facebook and I was scrolling through it and he's doing these like videos now uh -huh. and he's singing and, and I was like, this guy looks, sounds like, you know, like the new John Mayer. Yeah, I know. He's also <laughs> a he's, he, Yeah, Lewis makes me so happy because even on the day he saw his guitar at Holy Grail, he knew he couldn't take it with him because he was going to go ship to you for documentation. Yeah. yeah. But he, he spent those two days at Holy Grail playing the guitar at my booth. I mean, I just say, let him do his own thing. And he was playing it for like six hours straight and then just hanging out, which made me so happy. And when he received the guitar, he just started to play. And I think he literally played like every day because I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. And he just, he just plays it. And I said, yeah, it is, it's a tool. Um, so don't think about trying to keep it like super precious of course you don't want to abuse it but just make sure you know just you continue to play it so you can wear him through and it's it'll be a, a good uh, musical tool for him and I, he really uh, kind of made me happy to see uh, just playing that thing heck out of it and that's what you want that's what you want uh, Isaac just want to say thank you so much for stopping in today it's so great to see you and uh, as always the biggest joy that I'm getting from these Zoom calls, I just wish I'd known about Zoom before. I was talking to Richard about it, I was like, man, I have procrastinated about doing podcasts for such a long time. And it's <laughs> so great, you know, we can, and I get to see you and chat. And, um, and it, the one thing that is so awesome is seeing just how passionate all of the Luthiers that I've spoken to so far. Um, obviously, you know, I, I know that. But when you see them and they're talking, like, I, I did, a, did, a, did a podcast that's coming out with um, GR Bear, with mm -hmm. Ryan. Um, we were talking about his tone generator and, and he got so, so, he was, he was like, oh, one second, I've just got to go and get, show you this thing. And he's up and he's out and he's bringing it in. And it's, <laughs> it's amazing to see that. And, um, you, know, awesome. you, really, you know, you really are just building outstanding instruments. Really well, thank you so much. I mean, thank you for taking time to do the podcast and, and thank you always for presenting guitars as best way as possible. So I really appreciate your work and the team, TNA. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, we'll, we'll sign off the podcast and then you're going to show me around your workshop quickly. Right on. So I want to just say thank you so much for stopping in and take care. See you, man. <laughs>